You see, the fear of the Lord comes when we are forgiven. It is forgiveness, Psalm 130, that causes us to fear him. We didn't fear God. There's no fear before their eyes for those who don't know the Lord. And when we came to a relationship with the Lord, we began to be aware of him and to fear him and to see him rightly. Thanks for joining us for this Tuesday edition of Equipping the Saints, featuring the Bible teaching of Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Dave, today it's Letter Day, and I have a letter from Roxanne from West Virginia. She says, thank you so much for making this available. I really enjoyed the message on the birth of Jesus. Thank you so much. Well, Roxanne, you are so welcome, and we are so thankful to the Lord for the privilege to share his word. So keep praying for this ministry that we can get his word out. Greg, today we finish our look at Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to see what the fruit of keeping his word on our hearts and trusting in Christ completely looks like along with the subsequent blessing. Yes, we will, Dave. So let's get right to this wonderful passage. Turn with us to Proverbs chapter 3. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, if you want to listen to today's broadcast again, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll find today's broadcast, archived broadcasts, as well as more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Your entire being, every thought. You can't have one thought that's not trusting him and another one that is. We can do that pretty easily, can't we? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We are to put no weight on our own understanding, not even to lean on it. Trust with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. The term understanding means, in Hebrew, bin, perception, understanding. We're not to put any weight on our own perception, on our own understanding. And guess what? We have our own understanding and perception about everything and everybody. We got a whole thing of it about everything and everybody. It's there. We own that. But we are not to trust in it or put any weight on it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not. You know, when you tell your child, do not do that, you're giving them a command for their good. God is saying, don't do it. And if you do do it, you're sinning. We're sinning. Do not put any weight or lean on your own understanding. The Lord wants us to be holy with an H and also WH, holy, devoted to him. He wants us to be devoted to him completely. Let me share a couple passages. First Chronicles 28.9, David shares to Solomon. Interesting, huh? He says, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and he understands the intent of the thoughts. Hearts and thoughts, right? Same thing. If you seek him, he will let you find him. If you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house, a sanctuary, be courageous and act. A whole heart. At the dedication of the temple, Solomon says this. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly devoted to the Lord your God. And he says, qualifies to walk in his statutes, keep his commandments as at this day. First Chronicles 29, 29. The people then rejoiced because they had offered so willingly. 
for they had made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. There's joy when that happens. And King David also rejoiced greatly. A whole heart. Not a divided heart, divided with my understanding that I'm kind of holding on to. And then here's what God says. You've got to give it up and say, I'm trusting you. It's faith. It's faith. Now, by the way, the Lord does not speak well of the double-minded. He doesn't when it comes to trust. Let me share a couple passages. Psalm 119, 113, the psalmist writes, I hate those who are double-minded, inspired by the Spirit. But I love thy law. First Kings 11, this is speaking of Solomon's double-mindedness when he started to hang out with the foreign chicks, the bad ladies, all right? Not good. It says that he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to other gods. His heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord. Divided heart. What about James chapter 1? You know, when we go on trials, you know, we need to understand knowing that he's using them to make us complete, you know, to make us like Christ. But if we lack wisdom, he says something. But if anyone lacks wisdom, James 1.5 Let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You don't doubt because it's based on the character of God. It's who he is. You don't doubt him. You trust him. You trust in him. It says the one who doubts here is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You are unstable if you are double-minded, if your heart is not holy. It's nothing worse than being a Christian who's half-hearted. You want to see a miserable Christian that's got trouble all the time, everywhere? There you go. What should we do if we're double-minded? Because we all step into those places at times. We all do. What should we do? James 4 has the answer. He gives a greater grace. Verse 6, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, because when you're not, when you're dumb, you're not submitting, you're not believing him. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, let your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Humble yourself, I blew it. I have not been trusting you, Lord. Forgive me. So then, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your understanding. Whole heart. You see, man thinks everything his way is going to work out right. There's a way which seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. We're not to lean on our own understanding. Don't do it. So many Christians say the trust, and then they see about normal decisions in life, and they're leaning on our understanding. What are you doing? Trust the Lord. Let me share some verses about trust. Psalm 4, 5, offer sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him also. Trust in him, and he will do it. You've got to be in the word to buttress your faith. By the way, faith comes from hearing, you're hearing from the word of Christ, right? Psalm 91, verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and strength, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 115, 9, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Trust in the Lord, right? Psalm 125, a psalm of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. 
You ever see someone who's firm and strong in the Lord? They're not strong in themselves. They trust the Lord. Isaiah 26, verse 4, trust in the Lord forever. For in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Psalm 40, verse 4, how blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust, who has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse in falsehood. Trust on you're blessed. But there's some warnings if you don't trust. Isaiah 31, verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they're many. That's leaning on your understanding. And in horsemen because they're very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Woe. I read this earlier. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. You're cursed if you turn away and trust in yourself and other people and mankind. Trust in the Lord. So then, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your understanding. And then notice what he says. It's in every circumstance and situation. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything you do, everything, acknowledge him. All your ways. Your ways is the way you live, your walk. It's what you do. It's the direction you go. It's your daily walk. He says here, acknowledge him. It comes from the word to know, yada in Hebrew. When they say yada, 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 they're actually saying no, 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 in terms of the K-N-O-W, right? Not yada. It means to know. In this context, it means to know him. It speaks of relationship and mental awareness, acknowledging. To acknowledge someone is to know them in a sense, to acknowledge, right? Acknowledge the Lord in everything you do. Acknowledge him. That means make him part of everything you do. Trust him in everything. In everything you do, in all your ways, acknowledge him. All your ways. Maybe this is where you are stuck. Make the Lord part of everything. Trust him in everything. Let me illustrate. Proverbs 16.1. These verses are always taken out of context, but they're helpful. Turn to Proverbs 16.1. Remember, these are statements of truth by comparison. In the context of walking rightly in the midst of an evil world, there are figures and riddles and parables and Proverbs. Proverbs 16.1, the plans of the heart belong to man. Just stop right there. Everything you plan in your heart, that's yours. Okay, I'm going to plan, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, whatever it's going to be. That belongs to me. That's mine. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. When you pray about it, then the answer comes from him. You take those plans and you acknowledge him and you pray about it. The answer is now from him. It was your plan, but you acknowledged it. You gave it to him. It's his plan and he will, as we'll see, direct your paths. Proverbs 16.9, the mind of man plans this way. Now this is implying you're praying. Verse 1, it's not just saying, I'm going to plan my way and I know he'll direct my paths. I'm just going to do my own thing. That's not what it's saying. This is planning your way in the context of acknowledging him, chapter 3. This is planning your way in the context of praying about it and giving it to him. That's what it is. But the Lord directs the steps. The Lord directs your steps. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Maybe there's some ways that are not being acknowledged. You don't know him in those ways. He's not part of it at all. You just do it on yourself. You need to confess. He's a gracious God. He'll forgive you. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And then notice the promise back in our passage. 
Verse 6 in the end, and he will make your path straight. We think we're going straight, we're all crooked. We think we're going the right way, we get all messed up. It gets perverted and crooked and messed up, but if we acknowledge God and everything, he will make your path straight. It's guaranteed. There's not much guaranteed in this life, but what God says is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Know him in all your ways, and he'll guide you. Looking for work? Know him in everything you do. Working for work? Know him in everything you do. Going to school? Know him in everything you do. Raising children? Know him in everything you do. Going on vacation? Know him on everything you do. Know him in everything. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Now notice we have some further related commands and a promise here. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. The command, do not. Remember? Tell your kids when they're older, do not. You're saying it for their good. It's a command. There's a consequence. If you, if you don't do it, right? If you disobey, do not. Be wise in your own eyes. This is man's problem. Man is wise in his own eyes. Some Proverbs psalm will share about this. He shares in Proverbs 26, 16, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give this great answer. I remember a guy who was so lazy, but yet when you talk to him about it, he's so smart. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give this great answer. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel, and that's biblical counsel. Proverbs 21.2, every man's way is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 14.12, and it's repeated, by the way, 16.25, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Man thinks it's the right way. It's the death way. Proverbs 26.12, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you got it figured out. The minute you start patting yourself on the back for how smart you are and how you figured it out or whatever it is, you're in trouble. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You see, because all wisdom comes from God. Reject your wisdom and accept his. Reject your wisdom and accept his. And notice, associated with this is the fear of the Lord. You've got to deal with sin. You gotta be in his word. You gotta trust the Lord. You gotta reject your wisdom. And you need to fear the Lord. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The term fear, yare, it means to be afraid in some context. It means to fear. In Exodus 20, 20, we don't have time to read it. You can read it another time. The Israelites were shaking in their boots because of all the noise and stuff on the mountain. And they were shaking and fearful and afraid. Then Moses said, hey, don't fear. For the Lord has come to test you that you wouldn't sin. That you would be fearful of sinning. And I'll read that. He says, Exodus 20, 20, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, in order that the fear of him may remain on you, there you go, so that you may not sin. Don't be afraid, but fear so that you wouldn't sin. You see, the fear of the Lord comes when we are forgiven. It is forgiveness, Psalm 130, that causes us to fear him. 
We didn't fear God. There's no fear before their eyes for those who don't know the Lord. And when we came to a relationship with the Lord, we began to be aware of him and to fear him and to see him rightly. And our fear is that we wouldn't cause grief to him, that we wouldn't dishonor him, we wouldn't sin against him, and we wouldn't be disciplined. Certainly we get fearful of discipline too, right? You know, I don't want to get spanked for doing bad because I don't want to do bad, right? We fear the Lord. It's not a fair punishment, but of his displeasure, grief, and even discipline. The recognition of our sinfulness and God's right to judge and his great forgiveness causes us to see him rightly. We reverence him. First Peter 1.17, we're to conduct ourselves in fear during our time standing on the earth because the Father is the judge, and we've escaped judgment through Jesus Christ who shed his blood for us. We're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's what God has done for us. We need to take sin a little more seriously. You take your bad attitudes a little more seriously. Take your bad, lustful thoughts a little more seriously. Fear the Lord. We've been forgiven that we could walk rightly before him, fearing and reverencing our... You see, he says here, fear the Lord, and then those that say, turn away from evil. We've got evil all around us. It's on the inside, too. We're redeemed, but our body of flesh, we got this body of death. we got bad thoughts tempting us from our flesh, from other things. Turn away from it. When you think of something, it's there. You turn away. Turn away from that bad reaction and go to the Lord and help you react rightly. Turn away from those thoughts which are ungodly. No, Lord, forgive me. Or if you're tempted, turn away. God will provide the way of escape. Turn away from evil. You can trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can have his word everywhere. When you're not turned from evil, forget it. And notice, it will be healing to your body and refreshing to your bones. There's another infomercial. You want to grow old and have a healed body and refresh your bones? Turn away from evil, right? In the context of trusting the Lord. It's true. The term healing here speaks of healing. The term refreshment speaks of drink. Speaks of something that's parched, having a drink. Ooh, right? Refreshment. Refreshment to your bones. You know, sin does affect us physically. David, his inspired testimony, says it very clearly. Psalm 32, when I kept silent about my sins, my body wasted away. Messes up your body. Not all physical issues are because of sin. Look at Job, but yet some are. Look at David. You see, when we are not wise in our own eyes, when we fear the Lord and turn from evil in the context of trusting and having his word in our hearts, it's going to be healing and refreshment to your bones. Some of you need healing. Some of you need refreshment. Would you examine if you've trusted the Lord with a whole heart? If you've been turning from evil things and fearing him, would you examine that? Just confess and be restored and refreshed. So then, we're not to forget his word. We're to put it on our hearts. We're not to lean on our understanding. We're to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. We're to acknowledge him in all our ways. And we're to walk in reverent fear, and that will bring peace, healing, and refreshment. That's good for the new year, isn't it? It sure is. How are you doing? So let me just summarize what's left. What's left, I really believe, are two parts. One, the evidence of faith and fear, and then a summary about the blessing. I don't have time to go through this, but let me share this. Verse 9, you say, where does this come from? Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce, so that your barns be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. You're not going to honor him with your wealth and tell you he's everything, right? You acknowledge him in everything. When he's everything, then your money is actually his money. And you're going to honor him with it. You're going to honor him. Honor the Lord with the first, not the last. This is speaking about giving in the context of the body of Christ. Honor him. You see, 
where your heart is in relationship to money is going to show you where your heart is in relationship with the Lord. It really is. You can't love two things. So that your barns will be filled with plenty. Well, I can't have my barn filled if I'm honoring the Lord. Well, that's not true. If you trust the Lord and you give him the best and the first, he will take care of you. And your vats will overflow with new wine. You can look at Second Corinthians 9, but man, he uses it to bring thanksgiving to himself. He uses it to bless those who are in need. He uses it to bring glory to himself. He loves a cheerful giver. Galatians 6, you're to give to those who feed you the word of God, it says. It says, don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Right? It's a heart attitude. It's an evidence of faith and fear when you honor the Lord with what is most valuable to mankind, which is money. You're trusting him. And then there's another area which I can't go into not enough time today, but you're also going to accept his discipline. When you faith, okay, stuff happens, okay, I, I see that he is a God who loves me. Look at verse 11. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Reject speaks of not accepting. In Hebrews 12.25, it's quoted, do not regard lightly. It means when God lets difficult stuff happen, you don't push it aside thinking it's nothing. No, it's something. God is working his holiness in you. He's working on you. He's got an area he's got to weed out. Job didn't sin, but God disciplined him to cause him to see an area he needed to work on, right? Just like us. You may walk with the Lord, bad stuff happens. God's going to use it to train your heart that you might share in his holiness. Don't reject it. Don't regard it lightly. Don't take it lightly, or we're not to loathe his reproof. And Hebrews 12, 6 says this way, nor faint when you're reproved. Stuff happens to you, ah, right? Don't do that. Lord, I don't like what's happening to me. Help me see how you're training me. Help me see how you're making me like your son, Jesus. Help me see that. Help me see it rightly. That's an evidence of faith and fear. If you're seeing your circumstances in a different way, because you're trusting the Lord. He's promised to make your path straight. You're trusting him if something bad's happening. Okay, that means he's working on me. Maybe I haven't sinned, but maybe he's working on me to grow me up. I'm going to see it rightly. Don't faint when you're approved. So then, lastly, notice the blessed result. We'll just read this together. Verse 13, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You found it, you gained it. For its profit is better than the profit of silver and gain is better than fine gold. It's better than anything valuable in this world. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who hold fast. You want to be happy? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't forget his word. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. You want to be happy? There's what we do. It's all summed up in a relationship with the Lord. Trust him. So let me ask you this. Are you being taught? Don't forget it. If you're not being taught, get and be taught, but don't forget it. Hold fast his word. Get it on your heart. Run it through your heart. Every circumstance, God's word is working in your heart. Be a man or woman of God. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Confess when you fail. We'll fail. Confess when you forget. We'll forget. But don't. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. 
in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in the moments that we have left, would you take just a moment and remind us of the big points from today's message? Well, Dave, as we've seen, it's all summed up in the blessing of the Lord that comes from not forgetting but keeping his word in your heart, not leaning or trusting in oneself, but trusting in Christ completely. Well, we're done with this wonderful passage, so I'd encourage you, if you've missed any part or want to hear it again, go to our website or download our new free app from the Apple App Store, and then let the Word soak into your heart. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at one 800 Five nine six nine one four four. That's eight hundred five nine six ninety one forty four. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church. Yeah.